trying to pray, and he brought me up a tooth he just pulled. There you are. It's awesome, man. Good morning. I'm glad you're here uh, today. What a beautiful morning it was when we left this morning. Wow. Fall's here, I think, finally. Maybe it's going to cool down. But we got a busy day today. I know we have the outreach this afternoon, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to be here to worship with you this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, we thank you, uh, God, that we're here today, uh, Lord, to worship you. And 
in song and giving, uh, in the preaching and teaching of your word today. Lord, I pray for our, uh, our outreach event this afternoon at the park, Lord. I pray that we will share the gospel, the truth of who you are with a lost and dying world. It ties directly into the sermon today, and so I'm thankful for that, Lord. And um, you, you work all that out. And so, uh, uh, God, I just um, I pray that we, we're focused on you today. We don't let anything distract us from uh, serving the mission of, of preaching and teaching your word and, and sharing the gospel this afternoon and to worship you today, Lord. We love you. We thank you for the many blessings you've given us. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone. don't listen anyway. Look, this banjo guy, he don't listen. He don't care, man. No, he don't listen to me. I know he is. He told me he was. He texted me too, but I didn't respond because I'm a jerk like that. Hey, Jackson, can you come to the stage, please? Jackson. 
Morning, babe. Morning, Sophia. Love you. My wife. I'm not the good, nor the pretty. Huh? Tell him. Tell him A said. Bye. 
got a couple of announcements here on uh, on the nursery sign up even if you've been signed up in the past I, Selena said this didn't get around to everybody last week so we're gonna start over here on this side uh, today I'm gonna bypass you, you got your hands full right thank you um, well if you want to sign up to help with nursery on Wednesday nights Sunday mornings Sunday morning during Sunday school please sign up and fill that out church softball uh, game Tomorrow night at 
Tomorrow night at 8.15, we're not going to talk about last week's game, okay? If that tells you anything, uh, it didn't, didn't go very well. But we're going to come back strong this week, right? I mean, yeah, okay. Tommy, get wet. Where's Tommy? Come on, Tommy. Coach him up this week. Come on now. All right, church softball. Come out and watch him. It's a good time watching everybody play softball. Uh, it's at the, at the park on A Highway. So today, big day today, I already mentioned this, from 1 to 4 at the park on A Highway, we're having the outreach. So after church, uh, probably run home, change if you need to, and then come back from 1 to 4. We'll be getting everything over there uh, and doing the outreach. Mike, anything special that you need or anything we need to announce about it? Nope. Be there. Be there or be square, right? All right. One, one to four. That means no men's Bible study tonight. So no men's Bible study tonight at the church. We're all going to be over there doing that. Bible drill. We took a bunch of them out Friday night, the ones uh, from last year, uh, and had a really good time and incredible pizza. They had, the kids had a blast. If, you're, if you want your child to do Bible drill, you got to get on it right now because it, it's starting early. The church drill this year is in March or April? March. The church drill is in March, so... They only have a few months to study, and they got a lot to study, so please see Sierra about that. Operation Christmas Child list. Definitely don't want to forget about this, the Operation Christmas Child. If you would like to donate items, they're right outside the children's uh, room. There's the list up for August and September. We try to fill 50 shoe boxes. That's for Franklin Graham Samaritan's Purse. Those go all over the world. Uh, it's a really, really neat uh, ministry. So normally, the last Sunday of every month is Baptism Sunday, but because of the outreach, we're going to do baptism on Sunday, October 16th. So that gives you a couple of weeks. If you got questions about baptism, please come and see me. Please come and see me. A business meeting, October 9th, right after the morning service. It's going to be really, really quick. It won't take long uh, right after the morning service. So, And when's this Wednesday night, we started a new series on Wednesday night on marriage. Uh, it's going through the book of Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. It is really good. It's by David Jeremiah. We started that upstairs this week. Encourage you to come on Wednesday night. We have a good time. We have dinner at 6 o'clock on Wednesday night and classes at 6.45. We have kids' classes, youth classes, nursery, the whole nine yards. And the kids have a good time. They, they learn. They play outside. We have cooking teams that cook a big meal every Wednesday night, so I encourage you to come on Wednesday night. Jody, I know, uh, today for the meal, he sent me a picture last night, and he has a whole bunch of stuff on his smoker uh, for today, this afternoon at the park. So come and eat with us, invite people. We're going to have a service today I'm really, really excited about uh, today. Anything else that I forgot on announcements? Anything, bring anything else up on announcements? Yes. Tuesday at Mom's Cafe at 8, 8.30. Tuesday, ladies, at 8.30 at Mom's Cafe is breakfast this week. So come. Abby's play date, mothers, I can announce this. It's this Thursday, right? Okay. Weather permitting. We had to cancel it this week. For, for all you young moms with kids, she's going to start having play dates at the park uh, this Thursday at what time? 7.30? 7.30 to 9.30 at the park on A Highway if you would like to come and hang out and let the kids run around and go crazy and not really have to watch them that much. I don't know. Don't have me take your kid, okay? I don't know. 
Whatever you moms do at the park, I don't know, whatever that is. But ask Abby, she'll tell you if you don't know, I don't know. All right, anybody else? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have a couple of time, uh, a couple of songs of worship today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we preach the sermon today. Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, today that we're here, God, to worship you. And, and Lord, bless this offering. Let it be used to further your kingdom. The gospel will be shared in our community, around the world, Lord. Uh, and Lord, I'm thankful for the blessings you've given us. I'm thankful, Lord, that we're stewards of yours. That's what we are. We're just called to be good stewards. We're not owners, we're managers, so let us be good managers, Lord. As we lift our, song, our voices in song to you today, Lord, we worship you and we love you. In your name I pray, amen. Everywhere I go on this road, high and low, where I go, I go.
joy this morning? Because there's joy in the house of the Lord, guys, for real. I get so excited about Sunday morning. And not just Sunday morning, but I mean, it's just different when you're around your brothers and sisters in Christ and they're praising the Lord with you. I don't know. It's my favorite thing. So this, this I'm going to let the girls uh, kind of lead this and my throat's kind of sore, guys. So here we go.
can be seated. All right, all the, the kids second grade and below, they can go down to Children's Church this morning if they'd like to this morning. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. What a, love that song. So, so that song made me think of, in scripture, Elijah's trapped uh, in a city and the Syrian army's coming to attack and people are scared. People are scared. And one of his assistants looks out and he sees this vast army and he, sa- and he says, what are we going to do? They're going to destroy us. And Elijah says, Lord, open his eyes. He says, there's more on our side than theirs. Lord, open his eyes. And God opened the man's eyes and he saw all around him were chariots of fire of God's army ready to attack. And, and that reminded me of that. Uh, that song reminded me of that. As we're talking about this, this conflict and and spiritual warfare this isn't about us this is nothing about us it's all through Christ and his armor and it's all through God and the battle absolutely is his and belongs to his and he gives us everything that we need to fight this so Ephesians 6 10 through 18 Ephesians 6 10 through 18 uh, again with one another this week it says Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times to the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Let us pray again together. Lord Jesus, I thank you again for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you for this text. I thank you for equipping us to go into spiritual battle, spiritual warfare for you, uh, Lord, that we're we're soldiers in your army. And so, God, I I pray, uh, Lord, this morning that we're obedient, obedient to you. Uh, that, that we are obedient in spreading the gospel of peace, that the gospel gives us peace in our own lives, and that we stand firm on the gospel, Lord. We don't waver, but we stand firm. We love you. I thank you this morning for this time to be together, to worship, to study your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So last week we talked about, just a quick review, I always like to do this in case you missed, or just to get you a reminder of where we're at. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness. The righteousness in the breastplate does not come from us. It's not about us. It is Jesus and his perfect righteousness. There are two ways that we receive this righteousness. If you remember, imputed and imparted. 
Imputed is done for us by God through Christ, his death on the cross. And imparted is done through us by Christ living in us. The Holy Spirit is now living in us and we're becoming more holy every day. We show that in our lives and how we act, how we treat people. The breastplate of righteousness, we need it because Satan accuses us. He makes accusations against our standing with God. We also can accuse ourselves and not forgive ourselves of our past sins. And then lost people will absolutely accuse you, the brothers and sisters of Christ. There will be accusations that fly. So today we move on to this third piece and it's the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now I want you to remember when Paul is writing this, he's writing this in Rome under arrest. He is awaiting trial. He is awaiting execution. He was to be beheaded. History asserts that he possibly could have been chained to a Roman guard, or he had a Roman guard very, very close to him. They worked approximately six to eight hour shifts, uh, and, and I believe as he's winding this letter down in Ephesians, he writes about the whole armor of God. He is looking at a Roman soldier. So, before we get into uh, to all of this, I do want to back up real quick to verse 13 where it talks about the time of evil. This is referring to a particular day. This is also, it's a, it is a, um, a definite article. It means that we should be prepared for what is coming, for advance in what is coming. Because Satan is going to be attacking. So we have to be on guard. We have to be ready for this. We need to be prepared. Satan wants you to make a really, really bad decision. His plan, his attack, is he wants you to make a bad decision in your life. And in one brief, quick moment, your life could change forever. We see that over and over in Scripture. Think about David. I, I think about David. When he wasn't prepared for the day that Satan was going to attack him. He stayed behind instead of going out and leading the men into battle. He was kind of being lazy. He was, should have been out with his army. He stayed back. He took a walk on the roof. And what happened? He saw Bathsheba. Evil entered his heart. Sin entered his heart. And it had lasting consequences on his life. It wasn't that he wasn't forgiven. He was forgiven. But those decisions had consequences on his life. Also, we see it happened to Moses. He was called by God to lead the people to the promised land. In a moment of weak weakness and anger and sin, what did he do? He smote the rock, which symbolized who? Christ and our, uh, and our Savior. Forty years of work down the drain, and he wasn't allowed to enter the promised land, the abundant life. It wasn't that God didn't forgive him, but his sin had consequences. It happened to Peter also when he denied Christ. Now, we always remember Peter being the one of denying Christ. He's the guy, right? Only the armor of God can withstand the onslaught of Satan and his attacks. Putting on this armor and being strong in it. America, Israel I think of, has a missile defense system. We're prepared for attacks. God has given us a fiery dart protected system that we can put on and so we should be ready. We are in spiritual battle as individuals. We are in spiritual battle as a church. And we have signs of real victory. What are the signs of victory over Satan? People are saved. Discipleship's happening. Attendance. We need a new building because of our attendance. Giving. 
answered prayers over and over. I could go on and on of the spiritual victory that we are having. But any tougher moment could be on any one of us. An attack could come at any time. So we need to be able to withstand in the evil day. So we have to be prepared. You must be prepared. So on to this part of uh, the gospel of peace. So Roman soldiers, what was it? They wore thick leather sandals. They were attached to the soldiers' feet by thick leather straps. On the bottom were hobnails. They were nails that were sort of like cleats, like metal cleats today. They were like maybe golf shoes almost, or even football cleats. They were very important. One of the top priorities for a soldier at war is to have good, dry shoes. If your feet are messed up in battle, you are going to be ineffective. It reminded me of uh, Sydney's been running cross-country, and we've never done cross-country before. I especially have never done cross-country, right? I don't know why you guys are laughing. Do I not look like a cross-country runner? Okay, all right. But we don't know anything about it. So we go buy her a good pair of running shoes. We think it's good. Her, her feet started getting blisters on, on the ends of her toes. And we're like, these are really good shoes. Well, her, her uh, cross-country coach said there was a place in Springfield you can take them that they scan their feet and they make shoes specifically designed to fit her feet. Well, the blisters went away. If we'd have kept her feet up, she wouldn't have been able to run cross-country. She would have been out because her feet, she wouldn't have been able to run. So in battle, it, it happened in the Vietnam War, a lot of troops would get jungle rot. My dad used to tell me about jungle rot and how they, they would change their socks. Even when I was in the Marines and we were going a long way and we were sweating, we would take, we would stop and take our boots off and change socks because you wanted your feet to be dry. Because if your feet were, were out, you were out. And so this is a very, very important thing. The preparation in verse 15, it means a foundation. Four times in this passage, we're told to take a stand. If You can't stand if you're sitting down because your feet are hurting or your feet aren't working right. So, and, so, and you can't fight. So what is the foundation? What is the foundation that he's talking about? It's the gospel. It's the gospel. So what's the gospel? Scripture lays it out very perfectly. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 1 through 4. This is the foundation of, that we stand on. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. There it is. And by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. I want you to remember that part. For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, he was raised on the third day according with the scriptures. That is the gospel, that Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins and three days later was resurrected. That's the gospel. Nothing added to it, nothing taken away. That's the gospel. That is the gospel. That is the good news of Christ. And what does Satan want to do with that gospel? What does he want to do with that foundation? He wants to erode it. Have you guys ever seen a sinkhole? I saw a video. I don't know where it was. Maybe on Facebook or something. But somebody had a camera of a swamp in Florida. And it was like a pond. And all of a sudden a sinkhole 
developed in the middle of this pond, and there was like 30-foot trees that literally, you see water rushing in, and the trees literally sink in the middle of this pond. I don't know how deep the sinkhole went, but everything was sucked in and diluted, and the foundation was what? Gone. There was no foundation. Jesus even says, and I'm going to use this, give you a little bit of a hint. I use this in wedding sermons. It's going to be in their sermon. Jesus says, build your house on a rock, not sand. I, I love that for wedding sermons because couples, I have a whole bunch of you getting married in here in the next month, right? You better build your life on the foundation of Christ that is the rock and not the world that is sand. There's a preview of the wedding sermon, okay? <laughs> Sunday. Next Sunday afternoon, we're marrying this young couple up here. I'm excited. I'm excited for them. But what does Satan want to do? He wants to take that solid foundation and dilute it and dilute it down. Turn to Galatians. Turn to Galatians. It's right before Ephesians. So if you go back to Ephesians, it's right before Ephesians. My Bible drillers know where that's at, don't you? If you don't right now, you will quick. Galatians 1, 6 through 9. It's what Paul says to the church in Galatia. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting, deserting, deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel. But even if we, are an, if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. And I've said, as, I, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. What's Paul saying? If anybody preaches a false gospel, they're cursed. Let him be cursed. There's only one gospel. Listen, the gospel is important. It is your foundation. And if you have the gospel wrong, you're going to have everything else wrong in your life. If you have the gospel wrong, everything else is wrong. Because it is the firm foundation. It's the firm footing. This is what the shoes of the gospel provide. And, and, and Satan attacks that. He wants to distort the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1-4 through 4 say what? Jesus died for your sins. He was resurrected on the third day. Did it say that, did we add baptism in there? No, he didn't. Did we add good works in there? No, he didn't. The gospel is the gospel, and Satan wants to dilute that. Here's what the shoes of the gospel provide. Number one, they provide stability. Those nails helped him keep, helped the soldier keep a footing, or they'd be knocked over. In fact, yesterday, she had a cross-country meet in Hermitage, right? I didn't get to go because we had a football game, but they have a hill at this. At the, it's at the Palme de Terre Dam, and the hill is like this. And the coaches actually passed out different shoes for them to wear on this that have nails, like golf, they're almost like golf shoes, so they could get a grip, so they could run. It provides stability, or they'd be like spinning their little tires trying to get up the hill, right? There's Sydney back there. There you are, Sid. Stand up, Sid. She medaled yesterday. Come on, Sydney. All right. All right. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'll be in trouble later, I know, but right? But they, they, uh, they provide them with a firm footing so they don't spin their old tires. Well, a soldier wants those nails to keep from getting knocked over. 
Listen, in, in, in context of this, some people will just believe whatever they hear. Sometimes people will believe just because the preacher says it, well, it must be the gospel truth. That's not true. That's not true. Any great quote online, people will like it and share it and live by it if it tickles their fancy almost, regardless of whether it's scriptural or not. They aren't like the Bereans in Scripture that studied the Scriptures, that searched the Scriptures daily to see if it was so. They were more like children in Ephesians chapter 4 that Paul says in Ephesians 4.14. He says, so that we may be no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Some people are just like this. Somebody says it and they just go back and forth. They're just wavy, and they just go wherever. And, and you know what? A lot of times, you, you can get, especially kids, kids will believe anything. And when Paul says children, because kids were just, they, they have, about children, they just believe anything. Now, I, you guys know I love to aggravate and tease, but my mom, I get this from my mom, I think. When I was a kid, my, my, me and my cousins, we were scared to death of the UPS man. I'm sorry if there's a UPS man in here. Because my mom would say, hey, that guy who drives the brown truck, if you guys misbehave, he's going to throw you in that truck and kidnap you. So when the UPS guy came around, we weren't running for packages. We were hiding, right? And, 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 and I, she was, we probably deserved to be aggravated like that, right? But many people believe what the media says or they believe what Christian radio says. And sometimes they're gullible and sometimes they're wrong. Or they'll believe false preachers. That, that promise you wealth and prosperity. If you will send in the money, send that in, you'll be a millionaire. Make it rain, right? The, the Benny Hens of the world. People will believe that stuff. People will, will tell their children to li live a good Christian life so you can go to heaven. God will let good people into heaven. Or that one religion is as good as the next as long as you're sincere. Just be sincere about what you believe. Those are people that need their feet shod with the gospel of peace. The true gospel because they're slippery. They're unwavering. They, they just waver back and forth. This Bible is true. And how it, what it says on how we to be saved is true. That Jesus is the only way. And those who say that we're all going to heaven, just taking different roads, we need to put on our gospel shoes and give them a kick in the backside. Because they're not on the right road. They're not on the right road. You're either on the Jesus road, and you have stability in him, or you're not going to heaven. This stability provides absolutes. People don't like to think that they're absolutes in Scripture. They're absolutely absolutes in Scripture. James 1.18 says a double-minded man is unstable. In all his ways. What is a double-minded man? Somebody who goes back and forth about what they believe. Back and forth about what the gospel says. Hebrews 13, 8-9 says God does not change. He is the same yesterday and today. Don't be fooled by strange ideas. That's what Hebrews 13, 8-9 says. So we can't say that somebody who wrote a book about near-death experience and toured heaven and coming back and, and expect us to believe it like it's the gospel truth or Bible doctrine. It's not. It's not. 
We hold to Scripture and what it says. We hold in our hands the full and final revelation of God. And God doesn't need any of our help in adding to that. It's complete. So let God be truth. That is stability. That's absolutes what this book says about who God is. The second thing is mobility. These shoes were, these soldiers wore, had to be mobile. Caesar wanted his soldiers to have proper shoes to move quickly. They were designed inside to keep their feet comfortable from getting tired. They were good shoes. They, they, were, they were walking shoes. They were some you could wear a long time. No matter how skilled an army, if you can't stand, you're going to be defeated. Stability is necessary, but so is mobility. Stability is the message of the gospel. The mobility is the message of getting the gospel out. The word is non-negotiable. We don't change the message based upon what society says or anybody else says. That's non-negotiable. But Satan is constantly changing his methods, his tactics, his approaches. Some of you who have been Christians your whole life would never imagine that you would see anything like you are in our world today. And so, some of our methods for getting the gospel out need to be changing. It's why we have the services online. I, I would never think when I was a kid that you'd be able to watch a service from home if you were sick. We change those methods, but without message compromise. The delivery changes. People don't like change, though. We're resistant. We're resistant when we start getting mobile and doing different things. Here's, and we need to be ever-changing in how we deliver. Not the delivery, not the message, but how we deliver it. The message never changes. Five hindrances to that. Pride. People say, I don't need to change. You know what they normally say? We never did it like that before. We never did it like that before. Fear. There's a fear in having to change things. Too much risk. There's too much risk. We have to take risk. Fear of rejection. Fear that I'm not good enough to share the gospel of peace. There's no way I don't know enough. Those are all fears. Or that I have too much sin in my life. I have too much of a sinner to ever share the truth of Jesus with somebody. Imagine if somebody would have felt like that that shared the gospel with you. We have the message. Fear should not take over. We shouldn't worry about if people get upset when we share the gospel message. Jesus says in John 15, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. So it shouldn't bother us if people get upset when we preach this message. Listen, the gospel, the gospel is, is not that everybody's not going to be saved. That's the truth. We don't know who's going to be saved and who's not. But not everyone is going to believe the gospel message. Our job is to plant the seeds, to sow the seeds, to get it out there. Rebellion. Some people don't want to change. I don't want to change. I don't want to submit to anything in my life. This may inconvenience me. It's just a rebellion. Laziness. It's too much work to change. It's too much work to take this gospel of peace. It's too hard to do that. Why can't we just sit back and come to church on Sunday morning and hear a nice soft-spoken preacher? Which I'm sorry, I'm not that guy, but... Why can't we just sit back and relax and then go home? Because Jesus didn't call us to do that. He called us to go, therefore, and make disciples, Matthew 28, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach those disciples to obey his commands. That's not easy. 
So we can't be lazy in our gospel mission. There's, listen, there's some of us that are such hard workers, such hard workers out of here, but are very lazy Christians. That's just the truth. If that's you this morning, change. Adapt. Change. And then sometimes it's just ignorance. I don't know how to change. Some people need and want change, but until somebody shows them how, they remain in ignorance. Discipleship must be the, the, the solution to that, teaching one, of no, uh, one another. Discipleship is key. That is mobility. We must be mobile in getting the good news out. There's all sorts of different ways. There's all sorts of different ways. You, I, I don't know. We, there's tracks that I can order. I have a whole office full of tracks that you can leave wherever. I have packs of million-dollar bills. Not real ones, sorry. But they have the gospel message on them. You can leave places. You can share with people. You don't have to say a word. Just leave it. Drop a million dollars down as you're walking through the mall. One of those deals, somebody will pick it up. I remember one time we were at the St. Louis Zoo. And in the section of Asia, I don't know why they have this zoo. Well, I do because it's just evil and sin. But at the zoo in St. Louis on the Asia section, they have these little Buddhists set up. Remember that? And I had some of those million-dollar deals. I'm like, <laughs> Mr. Buddha, and I put a million dollar in the little Buddha statue. And we stood, we stood over to the side, and somebody walked up like, what's this? And picked it up and read it. I don't know if that person read it in depth and prayed. I don't know. But that's just easy ways that you can be mobile in getting the gospel message out. You go to a hotel room, and you're on a trip. I encourage you, open the Gideon Bible Leave a note for the person cleaning the room. Leave her a $20 bill and leave a note with the gospel message. Leave one of the Crossbridge cards there. Those are easy things that you can do. Here's the opportunity, the readiness to carry the message. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel is what scripture says. These soldiers kept their shoes on in a state of war. They were ready. They would even sleep in them. They were at the ready. Christians, we should always be on the ready, be looking for an opportunity. Do we look for the opportunity to share Christ with someone? We're surrounded by a lost and dying world. It's very convenient that this message is today, right? Because you have an opportunity today at 1 o'clock. We have the opportunity. Every one of us could witness to somebody this week. Your feet are shod with the gospel. Are you stable, mobile, and available to take the opportunity? And here's the last point. This is a gospel of what? Of peace. When you're a follower of Christ, there is a peace that passes all understanding. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a huge comfort. This is a huge comfort in going through this world, knowing that no matter what happens, no matter what you're going through, no matter what struggle, what trial, what attack from Satan, no matter what, you're going to have eternity and peace in heaven one day. That is a comforting thing. How do we know that? Because what Scripture tells us. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're no longer enemies of God because of our sin through Jesus. We have peace. We're on his side. We're, on his, we're in his army. Because we have that peace, because we have that, we know how the turmoil of life 
and eternity can be solved. Now, what are we called? What does Jesus say in the Beatitudes? You're called peacemakers. You're peacemakers. Jesus opens the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. They're often misunderstood. Many of the Beatitudes are very much misquoted, misunderstood. Jesus is talking about eternity in heaven in those Beatitudes, not anything else. The seventh Beatitude, he says this, Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I want to make sure you understand this. The gospel message is what? A message of peace between God and man. When we share that gospel message, what are we? We're peacemakers. We're showing people how to have peace between God. God delights in those who reconcile others to himself by sharing the gospel message. We're called sons of God when we share the peace message, when we become peacemakers. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says in Zion, your God reigns. There is a peace that we have. We have the message. What is the message? That Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That we're guilty. We're guilty before God. We need a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior. But that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he rose again and defeated death. And what do we have to, what does somebody have to do? Believe the gospel message. Have faith. Have faith. That's it. Believe the gospel message. Listen, you are beautiful to God, church, when we share that message of peace. You are beautiful when you share that message of peace. That is the priority. That is what this is. It's standing on the truth of the gospel. It's not changing the gospel message because of a lost and dying world. It's not adding anything to the gospel message. It's not saying that things are okay when they're not okay. That's being unstable and, and wavering. Being stable is the gospel message doesn't change. It hasn't changed since Jesus was here and went to heaven. And it, it hasn't changed for all these centuries. It's the same gospel message. And anybody who has come since that time and change that gospel message is false. They're a false teacher or a false religion. The gospel has not changed. So the, the stability is in the gospel message. Now we have to take it. Now we have to take it. Be mobile with it. Be ready to take it in different ways. Be ready and be a peacemaker. The most important thing, if we ever, if we ever get to the point where we're not sharing the gospel message with a lost and dying world, then we're not fulfilling the mission that God has for us. We always have to be a church that's sharing the gospel message. I want you to think about the people in your life right now that need to hear the gospel, brothers and sisters. Who are they? They may be in your own house, in your, in your own roof, under your own house. The most important thing you can do is share the truth with them. They may be in your family. We got the holidays coming up. We got the holidays coming up. What do they always say? Get around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's two things you don't talk about. Politics and religion. I say hogwash. Talk about Christ. That's why we can have Thanksgiving. 
Talk about Christ at Christmas. We don't have Christmas without Christ. Talk about those things. It's the most important thing. I'm going to ask the worship team to come this morning. I want to go back to this as they're coming. Do you have a peace that passes all understanding? You know, Paul, he went through so many things. So many hardships in his life. And the one thing, I, well, there's a lot of things I love about Paul. But the one thing, he had contentment in his life. He was content but because he, he had a peace that passes all understanding. Do you have that? Or are you tossed to and fro in life? Or do you have a peace that passes all understanding? I also want us, church, to pray for this afternoon. I want us to pray that God will bring peace to a lost and dying community. That we interact with people this afternoon that we can share the gospel with. I have, I'm going to have my table set up. Maybe you're one of these folks, and it's okay if you are right now, that you're really scared about saying the wrong thing. Pull up a seat right next to me. I'm not perfect at it. You're going to find that out. But I'm going to have conversations with people this afternoon. We got my signs ready, don't we, Mike? I'm going to have my table set up. Come and sit by me and hang out this afternoon underneath the shade tree. We'll have a good time. We're going to share the gospel with people who will come over and sit down and talk to us. We're going to have a good time. Pray that, hey, if, we, if, if one person... If one person this afternoon hears the gospel message, the whole thing is worth it. The whole thing. If just one person. So pray for that this afternoon. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you need to come this morning, you can come. I, I ask you, even if you don't come, to pray for this afternoon. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you for this church. I pray, for your, I, I pray Lord, for this afternoon that, Lord, we'll share your truth of who you are with the lost and dying world. Lord, that you'll give us opportunities, that we'll take those opportunities to share the truth of who you are. Share the gospel of peace with people. Lord, I pray as a church that our foundation is strong, built on you and your rock of who you are. And built on the true gospel. Not one that wavers to every wind of society or, or, or anything like that, Lord. But one that is solid and built on your word and who you are. And that's it. And we're not going to change what the message is, God. But I pray that we're adaptive in how we change the message and how that message is delivered, God, and how we, how we interact with people, how we talk with people. God, the message doesn't change, but how we deliver it, Lord, I pray that we're adaptive in that and that we get the message out to the most people that we can. Lord, because in everything, we want to point people to you and we glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you, guys. Here's a benediction today. Uh, Colossians 1, 19 through 20. This, is, uh, this, this chapter in Colossians uh, is about the deity of Christ and, and that Jesus is God. And it says, For him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to, re- to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Only through Christ death, burial, and resurrection, can we have peace with God? That's the message. That's it. That message is never going to change. Never going to change. No matter what society says or anybody else says, that message doesn't change. It's never going to change. So, Alan Greenfield, would you close this in prayer? One o'clock this afternoon at the park, guys.